Jim. Kyle. We're back. We are back. This is this is something we just have to address up front. I mean, the one week suspension was difficult. Right. Uh, it was our fault for how bad the audio was two weeks ago. <laughs> Handed down from the commissioner's office. Right. <laughs> Unpaid week off. We will not be, you know, all that advertising money that flows in. Oh gosh. We we we've t- t- donated that all to a charity from last for for last week. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Although I, at first when I when I went back and listened to that episode, I thought it was just you being an upper deck jerk and like you were repeating everything you said again <laughs> as I was trying to respond to it. No. Okay, Sadly well, it was no. all a technical function of us being apart from each other by two right. time zones. We can't let that happen again. Not anytime soon, love, certainly. Love will keep us together. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and now we're back, we in, the, back. in the podcasting room. Yep. Uh, ready yep. to talk about some football. So we let's rewind. Studios. We have to rewind emotionally. Okay. Back past the loss. Right. Back to the Indiana game. Yes. The most boring football game. Was ever. it boring? Yeah, the first three quarters were. I don't know. Boring. I was I was standing, I think, the last fourth quarter in my house, like stood yeah. the whole The most quarter. interesting moment I remember from that day was you did end up tailgating that day. Yes. And we ran into each other on the tailgate field. Mm-hmm. And we had a lovely discussion about the fall colors. <laughs> Debated what constitutes peak fall color. Yes. And we determined that the technical answer is that peak fall color happens when leaves haven't started falling off the tree. Right. Trees. Trees. But our hot take is we like the next weekend. Right. When some of the leaves have fallen off trees. But all of the trees are different colors. Right. Yep. <laughs> That's the way to do it. That's That was some... That, that was, was some, some great tailgate yeah, discussion time. I'm pretty sure that like that was the two moment. minutes and twelve seconds of this podcast and this episode is when the podcast just died. That was that like, was the moment at which we officially became middle aged white men. <laughs> Let it be noted in the record. Yep. Um, and now all of you are middle-aged white men. Whether you are white men or not, it doesn't matter. After that discussion, everyone is a middle-aged white man. Right. So let's uh, let's toast to our middle-aged whiteness. Cheers. Before our beer runs out, we started drinking well before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the beer. The beer of the week is an extra special beer. We're a little behind the times here, once again indicating that we are both middle-aged and white. Yes. Uh, this is our first taste of the. Um, Old Nation M43 New IPA. I think it's it called is, a New IPA. It is fantastic. Yes. I'm really impressed. Right. Although probably really more of a summer beer than a fall beer. I would agree. It's got really strong c- citrus yeah. notes. Yeah, I do feel like there's a little... Like if it were, if it had any more orange flavor in it, it would be a little bit like someone just poured some orange juice in it. Right. That's I love right. a you know I I love a traditional Belgian wheat beer, and this feels like halfway between an IPA, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of a traditional Belgian wheat beer hopped up on steroids. It's pretty darn tasty. Right. Um, I will let you know the the beer of the week for me last week was I picked up a four pack of Founders Backwoods Bastard. And if you've not had those, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot going on in that bottle. It's, uh, 
It's a it's the bourbon barrel flavored scotch oh, ale. Yeah. Yeah. And well, so you you are a bastard and you I, are from the backwoods. So. I am. I am. And so now the perk of it, of course, is that it's eleven point four percent. So you drink one and that's it. Right. Like it's 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 nighttime in a bottle. It's fantastic. All right, so we're not behind on beers of the week. We're caught up on beers of the week. Yeah, that part we made sure not to Ooh. fall behind on. All right. Other interesting anecdotal thing from my life uh-huh. that's happened since we last conversed uh-huh. on the podcast. So my kid is on the quiz bowl team at school. Okay. And they were on Quizbusters. I saw that. Sponsored by WKAR. Not just sponsored by, but broadcast. Yes. WKAR. Um, these kids are nerds, uh-huh. as it, you know, in, in both a positive and a negative way. It's true. The most interesting moment was none of the questions about sports got answered correctly, <laughs> including a, the the question, "Who was the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens?" When they give you a clue that he's the brother of the current head coach oh of my the University gosh. of Michigan. No! Which could mean that these kids are such nerds that they have no interest in sports, or it could mean that the Harbaugh moment has just passed. And I think it's probably that. Man. Yeah. I did ask my son afterwards if he knew who the coach of MSU was, and he gave the correct answer. So That's good. I feel... Tom Izzo, right? <laughs> like... Well, he'll eventually be the football coach. Yeah, that's I true. think that's his retirement plan. That's right. That's right. There's, like, research credited to Hondo on that. So, real quick, I have to tell you, when I went to my first weekend at uh, the school, which shall not be named, um, yeah, I had to create a bio, and you had to include an interesting fact about yourself for the bio. And... My interesting fact that I included on my graduate school bio was I am the only person in Howell High School history to have ever been academically ineligible from the Quiz Bowl team. (laughs) That is a tremendous factoid. I thought that was very funny and no one in the class laughed. So that's the thing that happened. Humorless Wolverine. Obviously. Elite. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, they, they hire people to do the laughing for them. Right. Speaking of humorless people, the one uh, the one thing I wanted to report from the IU game, Upper Deck Jerk Guy did, I think he returned. Mm. Still not, I think he might, he, he, he might be coming off an illness of some sort. Because when things were not going well for the offense... He, he yelled, we want Terry, but it was oh, very God. half-hearted. No. <laughs> it was just, just it's like he could barely eke, he could barely eke out the energy to, to say it. That's so sad. Like, if you, if you believe that Terry is your guy, like, come on, man, let it go. Right. Wow. It may be a fake Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Because the real sure? Upper Deck Jerk Guy has got to be Team DeWeaver by this point. Do you think Do you think that Upper Deck Jerk Guy is the guy who wrote the The Only Colors article yesterday? That Michigan uh, State has a Brian Lewerke problem? I didn't get all the way through that article. What oh, you the, don't need to get all the way through What was the deeper the thesis? The deeper thesis was that this is the top end for Brian Lewerke and he will never be better than this. Really? And what's the evidence for this? Someone 
pooped their pants. But he I have no have idea. Have a running game now, but and he'll never have one. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not even going to defend this argument in in as a hypothetical. I'm not going to defend it to be devil's advocate. It's a stupid argument. Whoever wrote it should feel bad. Okay. Well, you know, let he who has never had a bad hot take throw the first. Thing. Whatever you throw at a take. Right. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry for getting religious. Yes. Uh, any big takeaways from the Indiana game? Other than that, I don't remember much other than that spectacular photo of LJ Scott after Indiana had lit him score with the sunset behind him. Right. Um, no. I don't. I mean, I, I think that MSU's offense is going to move in fits and starts all season and Right. You know, so, and I, Indiana has a decent defense. All right. I did write down on my notes here at the end, have coaches told Lewerke to scramble less? Because he didn't run mm-hmm. much in that game. Yeah, it could be, or it could just be, hey, man, like, after you, we got Terry, so try not to get hurt, okay, pal? I mean, right. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Okay, let's move on now to uh, the Northwestern game, which I don't have any notes taken about. Um, we lost that game, as I recall. Frustrating way to lose a game by basically having both teams sleepwalk their way on offense through the game, and then, like, on the first half anyway, and then in the second half, like, it kind of starts picking up, and it was like a snowball going downhill where... Um, they just kind of, you know, it just it was like everybody could score at that point. You get, a, you know, you get, it. and then overtime was just out of hand. And so it was interesting. Um, some people stopped by our house because we were watching their kids. They stopped by to pick up the kids during the third overtime. And so they saw where Lewerke, you know, lofted the ball into the end zone into yeah. the waiting arms of whatever Northwestern defeater and defend defeater. Well, same thing. He did defeat. Yeah. Right. So. Um, you know, and, and, you know, the guy looks at me, he's like, why did he throw that? And all I could think was, every other time Lewerke's done something like that at this season, it's pretty much worked out. So, right. I don't see, including once or twice previously in the same game. So, I guess I'm not... Right, you gotta let Lewerke be Lewerke. You gotta let Lewerke be Lewerke. We let Lewerke be Lewerke the first two drives of the game. Worked out fine. Yep. We let him be Lewerke at the end of the game when we, we fell behind. And right. we let him be... Lewerke in overtime, and it worked for the first two overtimes. We didn't let him be Lewerke in the middle of the game. I mean, this game kind of followed the script from the last few games, or really all the Big Ten games, where we took a two-score lead, and then we kind of turtled up, tried to run the ball, couldn't really run the ball. Lewerke made just enough plays on third down to keep things rolling, except this time we did it when the game was still tied. Right, It was 10-10, and we turtled up. right. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that, you know, and I mean, obviously it's a different game if, you know, either of those two passes in the beginning of the second half, you know, who were over by six inches or a foot or, you know, just couldn't hang on to, you know, whatever it was, you know, they, he was missing people by, you know, a very small amount. And if any of those connect, it's an entirely different game. It's, right. you know... On the other hand, though, I mean, MSU's played, you know, Iowa and Michigan and Indiana all that way. So, I mean, they were due to lose one of these eventually. Right. Although, in fairness, those first three teams don't have an offense. 
Right. Northwestern, you know, doesn't have a great offense, but appears to have a workable offense. Right. So it does it's feels a little, uh, you know, worrisome in terms of how this defense is going to perform against Penn State and Ohio State. But we'll get to that. Right. 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 Um. Still disappointing that, I mean, I know, you know, coming into the season, one of the big concerns was that our offensive line was too light to really let people run. I still haven't really seen anything that's changed my mind on that. Right. I mean, the, the only runs that have worked have been, you know, the sweeps to the outside, some mm-hmm. of the stuff with the wide receivers. Where you're basically taking the, the offensive right. line out of the equation. The read option to some extent. The QB draws clearly played out. I mean, Northwestern had that sniffed out every right. time we tried to run it. And I think one of the things that was frustrating was, you know, you, like even uh, at home on TV, you'd watch it and you'd be like, they're going to run a QB draw here. Right. It's third and three in this situation where they really need three yards obviously going to be a QB draw. I mean, at this point, we basically have John L. Smith era Drew Stanton, but with a competent defense, and I think D'Antonio's struggle is how to mesh those two things up. I saw him comment uh, at one of his press conferences that, you know, with the running backs of the quality we have, how are we not going to hand the ball off 20 times per game? The answer is, well, because you don't have an offensive line to open up holes, but I think it's just, it's D'Antonio's... Ingrained mindset. I think to the for the most part he overcomes it when he needs to. But mm-hmm. you know, especially with a quality defense, his mindset is always going to be run, run first and try to control the game. And I right. just don't think that's going to work. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like it's got to be. You know, the um, I noticed the MSU added. Um, it's not called a pop pass. What's it called when? You know, they, they snap the ball to Lewerke in the shotgun, and he throws the ball. F- like, he, he doesn't even throw the ball forward. He, like, takes his two hands, and he just basically drops it into the receiver. Yeah, it's kind of like a shuffle pass, right? But it's right. not a full shuffle. But I'm what's, using hand motions right, here right. so that Jim can understand me. Right. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's a tricky thing with, with you know, it, I think it's interesting, and it eliminates the issue with fumbles, right? Because like it's technically a forward pass, and so right. if the if whoever's taking the pass drops it, it's okay. It's a forward pass. We so should use that for everything. It feels that, that way, you know, doesn't it? Can you it? do that like on punt returns or yeah. <laughs> running backs downfield? Just right. kind of throw the ball and right. But um, the fumble issues, you know, how much of this is now? How much of it's just a bad string of luck? How much of it is a self-fulfilling prophecy that the other team knows you have fumble problems, so they're going to try to strip the ball? How much of it is a real mental issue? I have no idea. Sorry, I I know that's not interesting podcast, Potter. Cody White's a true freshman. You kind of get that. LJ Scott, obviously. Running backs have these spells. It's like Tiki Barber when he fumbled it ten times in a season. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I You know, I think... At this point, but at this point, I mean, and it seems like MSU is moving in this way, but that, I mean, you really, it, it does feel a bit like you need to abandon the idea that there's ever going to be any kind of real effective running game this year. And so, you know, now it's, you know, it's short play. We've always been horrible at screen passes. Right. So, like, you know, you, you could do screen passes. And but, they've worked to some extent this season, but I think those are getting snipped out too now. Right. And so... 
you know, it's, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't know how you fix. I, I think one of the other things that's so strange about college football is, is that it's very plausible MSU could go in for this year and have no running game. Like, that's just a thing that could happen. Right. And, you know, that there's, that a team with a hole like that can end up being, you know, in the top 30 or so teams. That's, right. that's bizarre. And in fairness to Dave Warner, you know, they ran a lot of offensive plays in that game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've only got so many creative running plays to run. And right. And are you going to have, you know, a rookie through the ball 57 50s. times? Yeah, it was a lot. So I'm basically saying, well, he should have thrown the ball 65 or 70 times. Right. But, yeah, and, I mean, obviously that falls apart because, I mean, you know, even, t- you know, Texas Tech, when they had Michael Crabtree and Wes Welker, like, were still not great, you know, like, and, and they had two very, very good NFL receivers, you know, there. Anyway, so. And it's not, well, at the end of the day, it's not Warner's. D'Antonio, who, who establishes the identity of the team, if he right. wants to stop running it up the middle. Completely, he'll tell them to stop running the ball up the middle completely. Right. I think he made the point. You gotta do that a little bit just to keep everyone honest. Keep everybody honest. Yep. So, you know, as usual, play calling is the easiest thing to criticize. That's probably a much lower percentage of, of the outcome. I think. Uh, I think just the part that's frustrating. I mean, obviously, if you don't miss the two field goals, if he can't, you know, if. Felton Davis catches even one of the balls that, you know, was thrown over the top and he was, you know, somewhere between pretty open and completely open. I mean, if you get any of those things back, that's a win. And so I think, you know, it's only frustrating because Lewerke looked, I thought, very good on Saturday. And, you know, minus the game-losing interception, I thought he played a really great game. It was tremendously frustrating when he was going into overtime and had 380 yards and they only had 17 points. I mean, that's... Right. What's the baseball stat when it's getting Verlandered, right? Like, no, I, I don't know. Like, what is what is the baseball stat when, like, you're, you're pitching great and you're completely getting screwed over with, like, no run support or something like that? There, there's no stat for that? There's lots of stats. Okay, give me one that's many sounds... stats. <laughs> uh, batting average on balls in play. Batting average on balls in play. Where you're, you're hitting the ball hard, but it's getting caught. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I think that's something like that as well. All right. What about the defense? I can't hate on the defense for giving up 17 points in a game. Right in regulation. Yep. Obviously, they didn't have anything left on overtime. Right, and I. For how well they've played this season, I even if you want to think of that as a stinker, like I'm, right. I'm, I'm inclined it to. It felt let like maybe go. there was an adjustment to be made on those short passes to the running back, whose name is escaping me at the moment. Out of right. the field. But. On the other hand, the guy is super good. Right. And like I mean, that's that's uh, I mean that's that's the D'Antonio defense. If you have a great whatever. You know, our defense is designed to take okay players or good players and have them play very good. But that doesn't mean you're not you're going to be great. Like, uh, feels like the defensive tackles are regressing a little bit, but I don't know how much of that is just game planning that could be. They're absorbing more more double teams and the defensive ends are could be everyone's tired. 
I mean, I don't know. There's well, we're all tired, Jim. Well, I agree. I'm just I haven't saying. had a full night's sleep, and oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's I. But I mean, it also kind of fits the pattern, right? Like at Minnesota, they kind of let Minnesota back into the game, and then with Indiana, you know, didn't Indiana, you know, it, it, you know, they they managed to keep Indiana out of the end zone. But I mean. It, you're starting to me. It seems like you're starting to see a pattern emerge. Yeah. This thing with a standing guys defense. up on the defensive line and dancing around on passing downs. You don't like that. I don't feel like it's working. I like it in theory, but it doesn't seem like it's working. I don't know. That's a Narduzzi trick from the first year. Like a That's a Pittsburgh Steelers thing. Yeah, or a, a Patriots. I can't remember which, but. Then you just don't know where the blitz is coming from. We'll have to get uh, Jamie Mack on the podcast to yeah. break that down. Ask him what's up with that. What's up with that? Right. With Jamie Mack. That'd be great. We should make that the segment. He's actually mostly into uh, Toledo Rockets football as far as I can oh. tell on Twitter. So. Good for him, man. Perhaps we'll end up playing them in a bowl game. <laughs> I think they're pretty good, actually. He's kind of a bandwagon guy, though. Although, who am I to say, you know? Right, I stayed yeah. up last night to watch... The Houston Astros not win Game Six, and we'll probably stay up tonight to watch them right. watch Game Seven. Right, right. Uh, all right, so we stand at um, six and two, mm-hmm. which we certainly would have taken at this point in the year. Absolutely. Um, you I know, mean, going into the year, how many how many things did you see where it's like? MSU goes five and seven and beats Michigan, or goes six and six and makes a bowl game. You know, right? And we have the wonderful luxury of having both things. I didn't reveal this at the time, but at the end of the Michigan game, when it was clear we had won, my my uh, twelve-year-old son turned to me and said, "Well, the rest of the season doesn't matter. We beat Michigan." So clearly, I'm raising him with a with the proper level of inferiority complex. Absolutely, good job. Um, so, so to me, the key now is you know, chances are you lose the next two games. Right now, you're six and four. Right, it's a young team. Can you bounce back emotionally? Win the two games at the end of the season. You're favored to win, but aren't necessarily gimmies as long as you don't get stomped in the two games like if you or even if you get stomped but you played your best game i think i think you should be able to bounce back it would be i think it would be if you know there's five turnovers and you know in penn state or ohio state get no turnovers and they end up losing by eight or five touchdowns then no the problem is to be competitive you gotta let lowerky be lowerky and right create high variance you know he throws two interceptions and fumbles on a scramble one yeah i mean i i at the risk of sounding dumb i think i think it's all gonna come down to msu's defense you know, because if MSU's defense can keep Penn State or Ohio State or both under 24, let's say, you know, they get an extra touchdown because they've got, you know, a potential Heisman winner at Penn State or, you know, JT Barrett all of a sudden has remembered how to play football all of a sudden. Which like, I think he did at the end of this past week. He did, yeah. And so, you know, if you, you know, it, it, you know, if running against the buzzsaw, MSU can hold them to 24 or something like that. Yeah, okay, I could see. I could see them. And then I think the other thing you can't discount in this conversation is 
Um, Urban Meyer just swallows his own brain when he's playing MSU. And so, but that's two weeks from now, so I don't want to blow all that line of thought just yet. Right. So but, if you get to eight and four, arguably eight and four leaves you in a little better position than nine and three in terms of being in a bowl game. Yeah, I would. You've got a better chance of winning. I would rather so like because I mean if you're at eight and four and then you go play an eight and four SEC team, right? Like, like in the SEC, Georgia and Alabama are good. Everyone else is dog crap. That's it. I don't is think that true. I think so. Okay. Um, and so I believe you. And so you know if if, if that means that you go out and you, you don't, don't have upper deck seats anymore, so you're you're. Right. Much more trustworthy source of information. <laughs> so I mean, you know, if you, I mean, and, and I don't, I don't think, I mean, name a conference that's terribly strong at the four or five spot. I mean, there was a point in time where the SEC number four or five team right. was as good as the two or the three fifth team. team in the SEC was as good as was right as good as a number two or three team in most right. other conferences. But I just don't think that's where it is anymore. I think, I think for the most part. The Big Ten is that conference now, and um, you know, so I mean, if you know, if MSU ends up finishing, you know, a fifth in the Big Ten overall or sixth, you know, at eight and four, they're going to go off and they're going to play a number four or five in some other conference, and I think they'll be in a good position to win a much better. I would, I would much rather be the best eight and four team or a very good eight and four team heading into bowl season than the worst nine and three team. Right. So looking ahead at Penn State, you know, um, they enter the game, uh, this game with a record of 7-1. and one. Uh, You know, they had the blowout win over Michigan two weeks ago, 42-13. Uh, obviously, a, uh, you know, a letdown in terms of the loss to Ohio State. One-point loss after they'd been up by Quite at least two scores. I'm yep. not sure they were ever up three scores. Right. Um, so, you know, potentially... A tough spot for them emotionally just to right. give this you know a sports radio take right <laughs> we're, we're, we're clearly so much better than sports radio. obviously yeah although sports radio has the advantage of those useful ads during the commercials that highlight local businesses that that you could purchase useful services from right so if we don't have that right do we want to have an unofficial sponsor of the week? Is it... I was thinking earlier this week about how we used to have an unofficial sponsor of the week and we don't anymore. I would say that the unofficial sponsor... I mean, after our week... lawyers got all right. those cease and desist letters from the sponsors who didn't want their names the associated unof... with this podcast. The unofficial sponsor for this week's podcast, I will say, is The Grid in Old Town. Because I ended up going tailgating on the morning of the Indiana game. I had gotten home from Houston at 2.30 in the morning. And I... And boy, you know, are my arms tired. Yeah, exactly. And um, I had talked with my wife previously about how I did not really want to go tailgating. I just wanted to sleep in. And, and you she, would have missed out on that lovely conversation about the fall colors. Right, I know. And so she wakes me up at 9.15 or so, and, um, and the people who, one of the co-owners of The Grid is a friend of ours. They well, they should be recently. our official sponsor, then, if you've well, got an I'm actual personal connection. It. Yeah, I haven't talked to him yet. Right, when anyway. you visit The Grid, tell them yeah. that the Upper Deck Podcast sent you. Right, exactly. And so, uh, and so she wakes me up, and she says, hey, they're having a podcast, or they're having a, they're having a tailgate, and I said, okay. I'd really rather sleep. And she goes, they're going to have video games and free shorts beer. I go, is there a cover? And she's like, no. And I go, let's go. Like, <laughs> and 
So our unofficial sponsor was The Grid for giving my family the first chance. I got to play Dr. Mario with my kids. I got to play Street Fighter 2 with my kids. They all wondered how button mashing games are supposed to work. I'm like, just smack the buttons. You'll have fun. Let's go. All right. So where were we? The Penn State Nittany Lions. The Penn State uh, Nittany Lions. Mr. Connolly. I hate to reveal this to our listeners because I think, I think there's a higher... You know, the impression of how this works is is probably um, higher in their minds, but our previews exist in me scrolling down the Bill Connolly right. stats page on the team and reading things So what's reacting to them. So so what's the deal? Are we going to win? Is that what Connolly thinks? Connolly, uh, he has us as uh, only a four and a half dog, so that's actually wow. respect relative yeah. to the... Uh, Penn State enters the game ranked 14th on defense and 22nd on offense, according to him. Uh, I thought they were stronger on offense myself. They they lead the country in expected t- t- turnover margin and are second in actual turnover margin. Wow. So that's the keys to the game. Key to the game. Turnover margin. I forgot to bring my keys in here so I could shake them. Uh, they can run the ball a little bit. They have a guy named, uh, let's see, Saquon, <laughs> Saquon Barkley. Uh, he's pretty good, 5.8 yards per carry, nine touchdowns, yeah, uh, a bunch of kickoff good. returns. Yeah. Here's your number one risk. Do not kick the ball to him. I think MSU should just kick the ball out of bounds and take the penalty at the 35. I don't like that because I think it's the 40 for starters in college. Um, but... The other reason I don't like that is, I mean, earlier in the season when, you know, everybody, MSU Twitter was incensed that, you know, D'Antonio was kicking to Western's return guy who was super good. You know, it was, that was why I was, I was totally cool with it because you're going to play another return guy who's just as good. So you might as well start figuring out how you're going to beat that person. Mm. And so yeah, that was a good take. I had to have one. I don't that understand all of Mr. Connolly's fancy stats, but I do know that 8.3 highlight yards per opportunity is extremely good. Yeah. I think that's like the, once you get to the five-yard mark, they figure most of it's on the running back at that point. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we need to tackle him around the line of scrimmage. Right. Uh, they are quarterbacked by junior Trace McSorley. Yep. Who's completing 65.9% of his passes for 7.4 yards per attempt. That's pretty good. 16 touchdowns to 5 interceptions. He has been sacked 18 times. Okay. That's pretty high. That's good. I like that. Uh, but we haven't been sacking people that much. But, I mean, that does seem like the kind of situation where, you know, I, I don't... I, I've gotten the impression he's a pretty good quarterback, but, like, maybe the, maybe the play there is let the defense be the defense... And tell them you're gonna run blitz, you're gonna pass blitz, you're gonna blitz, 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 blitz all game long, and we're gonna get burned once or twice, but most of the time it's gonna work out. Right. Uh, they spread the ball around pretty good in the passing game. Uh, four guys with a target rate of at least fifteen percent. Senior wide receiver Deshaun Hamilton, sophomore wide receiver Jawan Johnson, Barkley, and then senior tight end Mike Gesicki. Okay. Uh, some decent size there, six one, six four, six six. Um, you know, this will be the test of is this really a top twenty five defense? How much of this has been a function of the offenses we've played? 
Yep. Can they at least control Penn State, like you've said, you know, keep them somewhere in the mid-20s and give Lewerke a shot to, yep. to keep up? It'll be an interesting game, too, because, you know, there's been, there was a lot of, there was, on TV, I don't um, there was a decent amount of conjecturing that, you know, basically to the point you were making that MSU's not letting Lewerke be Lewerke, you know, maybe this is the game where you let it rip. You're like, hey, kid, you brought us, you brought us farther than we thought we were going to go. You just went out and threw for, you know, 380 yards in regulation against Northwestern. Here's the deal. We're going to set the defense up so they can keep you in the game, but, like, you have to win it. It can't be anybody else. It's got to be you. And I don't know. That, that'd that be an interesting game plan, I think. All right. Penn State's Achilles heel uh, is pass protection. They rank 118th in the country in passing down sack rate on offense. So, okay. Uh, you know. So if, so if the if defense can get can there. can get home. Yeah. Yep. And if not, you're dead. If not, you're dead. Yep. Exactly. Um, they throw a lot on uh, standard downs. They only rank 97th in the country in run rate on standard downs. Okay. Even though they have a pretty great running back. Yeah, they don't That's run weird. a lot on pass. I, I think they use them so much in the passing game. Too, okay. You know, so, yeah. Scrolling down, scrolling down. Defensively. The person to watch, I know you're all holding your breath, appears to be sophomore defensive end Sharif Miller, who leads the team with eight tackles for loss, including three and a half sacks. Interesting. Quite. I wonder if that's their. The, I wonder if that's the defensive end that'll end up going against Chewins all the time, who's done really well in pass protection. Right, I saw that the pro pro football focus. Yeah, they had three MSU offensive linemen on their All Big Ten team of the week. That's not terrifically surprising. I mean, you know, I think I think part of the deal with having light offensive linemen is they can deal with these speed demons, though, and so they just can't run the ball. Right, and so on special teams, uh, Mr. Connolly ranks Penn State at negative zero point one percent. I don't know what that means. That doesn't sound good, though. Well, they're ranked 76 in the country. But as we know, uh-huh. all special teams' outcomes are random. Other than, I think, if you kick the ball to Saquon Barkley. Right. Or if you have Jake Hartbarger on your team. That, too. Um, yeah, so that's about it. All right. Well, I mean, how do you feel about this one? Uh, I feel like if it's still a game late in the third quarter... I'll count that as a win. Yeah, I'm kind of there too. If it's single digits going into the fourth quarter, yeah. I don't know. I yeah, I kind of. I'm see worried it. about that Rutgers game at the end, though. Let's let's just lay it all out on that. Really? Yeah. Just because they're doing better than expected this year. Well, they year. were tied with Michigan up until this past Saturday. Yeah, but I mean, come on, like Michigan dropped their backup quarterback in there, and all of a sudden they looked a lot better. So. Okay. Anyway. All right, I will be at the game. Uh, it's a noon kickoff. I will be in Grand Rapids during the game. What? Yep. Um, uh, we're uh, we are running the Grand Rapids point one k um, for 
anyone who's listening. That's not very far just to let you know. Yeah, anyone who's listening and lives in Grand Rapids and wants to support a good cause, we're, uh, we're running, me and my kids are running the Grand Rapids .1K to, uh, give, uh, to raise money for, uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Okay. So. They're, they're our pro bono sponsor of the week. Yes, they are our pro bono sponsor. I'm just now week. looking at the, the you forecast. You can find the website at gr.1k.com. High of 49, showers early becoming a steady rain later in the day. That does not sound uh, pleasant. Uh, so my wife, I, never mind, I think I told you the story about how my wife lives We in, usually talk about your complaints about your right, wife right. after we right, stop right, right. recording. <laughs> gun. So anyway, um, so anyway, I, you know, if, if MSU can keep it close, all right, I, that'd be, I, I think you'd have to call that a win against Penn State. Ohio State's the one I expect them to come away. If they're going to sneak away with a win, I think that's the, the more likely of the two. All right. We'll see you on the other side, everyone. Go green. Go white.